You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there and thank you for downloading this Starting Up podcast from the 17th of January. And this week, we caught up with one of the SME winners of the Zayed Sustainability Prize. Insects make protein out of, yep, you guessed it, bugs. We heard from their chief development officer who was celebrating after winning 600,000 dirhams. Meanwhile, our success story this week also came from the world of sustainability. Peter Avram is the CEO and founder of Avani Middle East to promote eco-friendly packaging. Plus, what do you do when you've got an HR issue but no HR department? It's a common cause for concern among startup entrepreneurs. But we got advice from this week's mentor, Brad Boyson, the co-founder and CEO at HR Learn In. Meanwhile, my guest co-host, Denisa Alex, who's the marketing manager of VirtuZone, hosted our company clinic where she had advice for anyone wanting to set up a digital marketing strategy. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. You're listening to our first episode of Starting Up for 2023. We had a bit of a festive break uh, and I am delighted to be joined in the studio by Denisa Alex, who is the marketing manager for VirtuZone. Good morning, Denisa. Good morning, Georgia. Lovely to have you joining us in the studio. How have you been? Have you had a good break? Very good. It was a good break, a very well-deserved break, I'd say. I agree. We all, we're all sort of fresh and ready to start the year. I so far have managed to stay off coffee. I'm very proud of myself. 17th of January, haven't had a coffee yet. <laughs> Saving a fortune. Now, of course, we have a big focus on the green economy and environmental issues this week as a nod, of course, towards that big event going down in the capital, Abu Dhabi Sustainability Week. And, of course, sustainability is big business nowadays. Uh, so on the programme today, we're going to look at how entrepreneurs can capitalise on this shift. Well, one SME that's already made the move is the French company Insect, who make protein out of, yep, you guessed it, bugs. Now, the team there are one of the proud winners of the 2023 Zayed Sustainability Prize, which is an award of $600,000. The annual prize recognises companies that deliver impactful, innovative and inspiring solutions in health, food, energy and water. And I'm delighted to say that we're now joined in the studio by the Chief Development Officer for Insect, uh, Jean Rappé, who joins us now. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Georgia. I'm doing fine. I have to say, I'm rather impressed that you've come into the studio because last night must have been a night for celebration. That's true, but this kind of an event that I cannot miss, right? Well, exactly. You can't miss us. You can't miss coming into the studio. Okay, congratulations on winning. Give me a little bit more of a sense of what your company does because obviously you won in the food sector. Uh, I've given a clue, insect and bugs, but how does that actually, you know, shake down? Yeah, the core of our business is in fact to, to farm insects and to produce uh, proteins from, from our insects. And then the protein are an ingredient that enters into all kinds of food, uh, food products that we are developing typically with partnerships. 
Okay, intriguing. Uh, so I've looked online, I've seen your website, and I can see, I've seen what your so-called farms or, or factories look like. And, and they're really quite condensed, aren't they? They cut, they're in, are they in warehouses in France at the moment? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a big warehouse, which is uh, a big uh, farm that is under construction and finished, in fact, starting operation uh, as we speak. And uh, that farm is uh, going to produce uh, 45,000 tons of insect per year. So that's a, that's a big one. And the most interesting part in terms of uh, uh, resource usage, it uses 98% less land than the traditional ways of prote- uh, producing protein from cattle or pig farms. And they, they sort of grow in drawers, don't they? It, Correct. Yeah, I was really, yeah. and it was a red light. Now, was that just, is that because they like the red light, the insects to grow in it, or is that just the, the no, picture no, on your website? No, no, it's just a picture, but uh, the insect, they, li- they like to be in the dark, in fact. Uh, so if there is light, this is a message for people working around. Okay, so uh, who are these, in, who is this protein for? Is it for uh, humans or is it for animals? Both, in fact. Uh, our um, vision is uh, to produce protein for, for food. But today, the market is just opening up. And uh, the feed market for animals, pet food or aqua feed, etc., is, is bigger than the food market. So um, I know that you, you, you've won something for this. What will you do with your prize? Ah, okay. So we have a lot of uh, research and development programs that are going on in the company. Uh, and some of them are dedicated to food. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but some of them. So the prize will be used to accelerate one of these programs that we have yet to decide which one and provide the details to the prize. Well, I mean, that's $600,000 is an amazing sum to have won. You know, I mean, you're, you're, although you've got 200 staff, you're, you're still a sort of medium-sized business. Will that give you a real boost? How, you know, how much of an yeah. impact? I mean, it has a huge impact, right? Because uh, we are a small company at the end of the day. So um, money, we are starving for money. So this is more than welcome. Uh, but beyond even money, I think visibility and uh, the reputation of the Zayed Price is going to help us uh, a lot as well. So I'm curious now with this newfound prize, are you looking to expand into any different markets? Oh, yes, sure. So at the moment, we are very European-based. We have a small plant in the U.S. as well, but much smaller than the one I just talked about. But um, our objective is to reach the world. Huh? So do you think humans are ready to accept animal protein, or should I say insect protein? How are you marketing this? Well, through this kind of event. Uh, the, 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 the prize is for us a, a big, a big uh, event where... It helps, it's helping us to, to be visible and to be credible. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this meeting today with you is another opportunity to, uh, to, to give the message to the world. I mean, the technology is ready. Now it's available. The products are being developed. So it's for people to take that opportunity, which is good for health and good for sustainability. Mm-hmm. So it has both aspects. In what way is uh, insect protein good for health? Well, it has a lot of merits, reducing cholesterol. We have done a lot of research and we have observed that the cholesterol is reduced if you consume uh, protein from insect, insect instead of protein from, from the meat, for example. It's also, uh, it has positive effect on digestibility. The level of ash in our protein product is, is very low, so it's very digestible. And of course, you have also the benefit on, on the environment on top of uh, health. Okay, so Denisa works in marketing. And so obviously, I'm going to I'm going to ask your expertise on this a little bit, because I have to admit, 
the whole bug thing mm-hmm. still I mean I, I can't be the only person to, to no. raise this so, the whole bug thing bothers me slightly you're from a younger generation that, than me and, and a very healthy uh, person would you consider eating protein made out of insects maybe you know protein powder or protein shake so that's the thing that's kind of why I asked how are you marketing it because if I don't see a picture of an insect on the bag and it literally said because it is animal protein at the end of the day um, and I consume powder protein I don't know exactly how it's made um, so I think if you're marketing this the right way it has a lot of potential for success I would personally try it now after talking to you I'm very curious yeah absolutely okay. yeah welcome to try I mean, come to France <laughs> and we'll uh, find a nice restaurants for you <laughs> serving burgers oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah it's wow. already available today so yeah. what type, so you, what products are you making out of the insects? oh we are making all kinds of products but one kind of a flagship one is, is a burger the hamburger made of insect proteins. It's already available today and you couldn't see the difference. If I don't tell you, you would eat it and you would not feel the difference. So it's just about getting the, the market over the sort of creepy crawly element and, and then you'll be, you know, you, all of the other benefits speak from themselves in many yeah. ways. No, I think it's, it's coming. And there are countries where insects have been part of the diet for centuries. I mean, yeah, think about Mexico, for example. Yeah. I mean, there is no acceptability question in Mexico because yeah. they have been eating insects for such a long time. I think in Europe and uh, the US is a bit different and people are a bit more reluctant. But the young generation is, is, is a lot more interested to get into that because, mm. because of sustainability. And they know that's, that's the way to go. And they're curious. So that's very good. Do you know, it's hugely exciting to speak to you because it feels like with this win of the Zayed Sustainability Prize and the fact that you're already very well established, it, it looks like this could be the sort of that moment, that crossing the line moment, paradigm shift, say, uh, for the insect protein market. Uh, do you have a lot of competitors or are you one of the main companies doing it? We have the main company doing uh, Tenebrio Molitor, which is the scientific name of, of our insect. Uh, there are many more people doing insect, and there is plenty of room for everyone. I think uh, all insects are not achieving the same objectives. So I think uh, the, the opportunities are just huge. So competition is, is not a word that is in our vocabulary. How long before we can see one of your insect farms here in the Middle East, do you think? as soon as possible, I would say. Fantastic. You're open to with your $600,000. I hope that that may well uh, see you settle down here. I mean, needless to say, you've been at the Zayed Sustainability Prize up on that stage in front of everybody. The No doubt people will be knocking down your door to get you established I here. hope so. And we are very ready to come. Brilliant. Uh, absolutely fantastic to get you to join us in the studio. Thank you so much. I know you're literally on your way to the airport to fly home. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Thank you very much. Thank you for both of you. It's thank been you. a real pleasure. Jean Rappé, Chief Development Officer for Insect, giving us a huge amount of inspiration of potential uh, markets there in sustainability. Uh, bound to be big business over the next few years. This is Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business setup with no regrets. It is now time for our mentor segment. Uh, now, last week, we heard from employment lawyer Shiraz Sethi from Denton's Middle East, who joined us on the agenda to explain how harassment cases had spiked over the festive period. Now, fortunately, there are at least two laws in the UAE to protect employees from bullying and harassment of all kinds. But it got us thinking, what do you do when you've got an HR issue, but because you're an SME, uh, you have no HR department? 
department. Now I'm joined in the studio, uh, obviously, by Denisa Alex, who's my co-host this week at VirtuZone. Obviously, VirtuZone is now quite a big company, aren't you? So you have an HR department. And if there were ever any issues, mm-hmm. you know who to go to, right? Exactly. We have a lovely HR department. I must mention that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that's good. That's always a, it's always a good idea to keep the HR people in favour. Same here at ARN, big company. There's several radio stations here, a really big sort of obvious HR department. But it is a common concern for startup entrepreneurs uh, because if there's only eight of you, you probably haven't got an HR department, let's be honest. So we've got advice uh, from this week's mentor who joins us now in the studio, Brad Boyson, who is the co-founder and CEO at HR Learn In. Thank you for joining us. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Georgia. It's an absolute pleasure and you are very much our mentor, our starting up mentor for this week. Well, I've had that experience before. I, many years ago, I went from working for one of the largest organizations literally in the world to working for a tech startup. So I've experienced that that 180-degree pivot from infrastructure to Jack and Jane of all trades. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is a challenge for sure. It's fun. But I, I, I would dare suggest that evidence shows that the starting point is getting a competent HR person in sooner rather than later. That's what we really see in the marketplace. In fact, Ben Horowitz, who is a venture capitalist in the United States, wrote a book a few years ago. And that was one of his learning takeaways as a venture capitalist and as a founder of startups is not waiting to get competent HR in. 80% or more of an organization's value comes from its workforce, yet we hire a bookkeeper before we hire someone in HR? Uh, God, I, do you know, I know where I can see where you're coming from, but if you've only got three people, surely you need the accountant before you need the HR person because the other person's you, right? And, 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 and you know how to manage yourself, one might argue. I would suggest that you're more likely to find competent outside resources and outsourcing suppliers that can do the bookkeeping, accounting, the taxation, than find someone who can come in and identify your vision, your values, your goals, the type of people that you're looking for. That's an HR person. So, you know, I think back to my own experience. I entered into this startup technology company 20 years ago when it hit 30 people. And I remember the first thing that the head of marketing came to me and said, oh, no, they've, they've hired HR. The fun is over. And I'm, I'm like shaking my head. That's not, you know, we're not the policy police. We are here to be a service to the organization. And if you wait until there's a fire, if there's a problem, you've waited too long. So I'm, I'm not going to you know, back away from advocating for getting competence in the organization sooner rather than later. But your point is well taken. When you're a two-, three-person uh, startup, there are resources, outsourcing firms that will provide. But be, you know, be careful what you, you get what you pay for. So speaking about SMEs and, mm. and HR, what are some of the HR policies that they need to know about when they start managing stuff? Well, it's important to distinguish between laws and regulations and policies because we don't control the laws and the regulations. Those are given to us by the environment that we're working in. So you need to understand those fundamentals, whether you're an SME, whether you're a huge organization. But I've often advocated for as an SME, you are growing as a startup. You have a vision. And the values you have as a visionary are your policies and procedures. And what I mean by that is if you understand what your values are and you articulate those values, put them in a code of conduct book. Rather than creating a 40-page manual, 50-page manual on policies and procedures, 
articulate your values that support your vision because each one of those values will serve the purpose of 10, 20 minutia of policy statements. So speaking of legal obligations you've Mm. mentioned earlier, Mm. what are some of these obligations? Could you maybe give me like five key things that they need to think about legally speaking? Well, when you're a business, and UAE is kind of a unique enterprise in the sense that there's different ways of incorporating here. So you've got different uh, legal structures that you have to do. And the classic dichotomy is onshore or offshore. You know, are you in a free zone? Are you in, uh, you know, the Dubai proper or, or Abu Dhabi proper? This ecosystem is starting to grow, but you really have to start with establishing where you intend to domicile as a business and where you intend to do business. I myself, for example, am a global nomad. Mm -hmm. I I fit that free zone uh, model perfectly because most of what I do commercially is outside of the UAE. So determining where you do business is is step one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about uh, how you should act if you do get something like a complaint of, of bullying or a harassment and you're, and you're a really small business, maybe you've got 10 people, you don't have the HR person yet, you haven't listened to starting up, you haven't taken your advice. Uh, what should you be doing? Can you call somebody in at that stage and, and almost outsource your HR? Anytime you get close to legal issues, you should engage a lawyer. Okay. That that that's a universal principle around the world because HR people are not lawyers. They're they should be aware of the law, but even people who, you know, the CEO, the CEO, the CFO, they need to have a general understanding of law. But once you touch legal issues, you need to engage a lawyer. Uh, so we've got about 1 minute to go. I know Denise, you've got one last question. Sure. Um I'm very curious. So what do bosses most commonly get wrong when it comes to HR? I in the SME space, I think, especially in our region, how many have you heard this before? Hey, this is a family company. We're mm-hmm. all a family. We're one big family. Yes. No, no. Do not treat your organization, whether it's small or big, like a family. We are a group of people who've come together as a team. We each have specific roles, and let's act like a team trying to achieve the vision and mission. There's so many complications and unintended consequences when you start to incorporate, hey, I thought we were family. Mm. What do you mean I'm going for discipline? What do you mean I might lose my job? That's not what happens in families. So that distinction, I think, is stronger here, but it's important anywhere in the world. Can I very quickly, I've got one extra question which I wanted to throw in because I just thought of it when you were saying it. Is it possible to outsource your HR? Is it ever conceivable to have someone outside the company who will come in and help you with those issues? I make the distinction between transactional and administrative HR and strategic HR. You cannot outsource strategic HR. That part of it cannot. But there's definitely the outsourcing and individuals and and third-party providers who apply the administrative payroll is a classic example. Organizations may hire someone to bring in for performance reviews. But if you're that small, what you're focusing on is admin. I'll, I'll say it another way. If something is you can automate it, it was never HR in the first place. It was administration. Gosh, really interesting to speak to you. Uh, Brad Boyson there, what a fantastic mentor for starting up today. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in there. Brad Boyson, a co-founder and CEO of HR Learn In. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Georgia Tolley here with you. I'm also joined in the studio by Denisa Alex. Uh, Denisa is uh, the marketing manager for VirtuZone, joins me in the studio. Denisa, thank you so much for sticking with us. Appreciate your time. 
Happy to be here as always. Fantastic. So Denise is giving us lots of marketing insights uh, on the programme today. We've spoken to our mentor who specialises in HR. Now we're turning our attention to our starting up success story. Uh, Now this week, our guest also comes from the world of sustainability. Obviously, we've got a bit of a focus on the green economy and environmental issues as a nod towards that big event going down in the capital, uh, Abu Dhabi Sustainability Week, because sustainability is big business nowadays and our guest knew that well before everybody else joined in the studio by Peter Avram. He is the CEO and founder of Avani Middle East who promote eco-friendly packaging. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Great to be here. It is really lovely to have you in the studio. Now, as always with our Starting Up Success story, I like to, I'd like to start the beginning of the story. So when did you first set up your company and why? Well, my background is hospitality, having been here for uh, for 25 years almost uh, and working in hospitality. I saw the need for for a radical change in the way that we we use uh, disposables, the way that we operate. Uh, and then by doing so, hopefully we can impact uh, the big movement, which is climate change, which is sustainability. So, so t- talking about this in 2017, uh, we... Myself and my business partner, we, 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 we got our heads together and we say, oh, right, so let's, uh, let's uh, see what is available on the market and what we can contribute to. And that's how it literally started from a little idea and one afternoon chat. And then we, I knew somehow what was available, but I didn't knew the Pandora's box of what can be available, what can you do, what a big change can you do. And then uh, ever since it's been just a education, self-education story as well as a education and reduction and so on, all those R's and so on that uh, we go on the road to educate and to, to promote, you know. So what kind of packaging do you make in your factory and who is it usually sold to? Who are, the, who are your primary customers? Well, we, we, use, we mainly use vegetables. I call it very simple so mm-hmm. everyone can understand when I talk to kids at schools or in other f- workshops that we do. So we use, uh, uh, ca- we use uh, starchy vegetables such as cassava, such as potato starch, such as cornstarch, sugarcane, all of them which are byproducts. All right? so, uh, and we transform them into anything from retail bags to laundry bags, to mailer bags. So that's one category. Then we do, uh, you might have seen this, some not plastic straws in, in town that looks and feel like plastic, but is made from a, 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 a cornstarch, for example. Uh, sugar cane, when they extract the sugars from the canes, all those fibers left, we repurpose them and we transform them in, in, uh, in such a takeaway food containers that they will, mm-hmm. uh, they will compost. All the items that we use are certified for being uh, uh, compostable and biodegradable. And they're, they are made from natural resources. Okay, of course, we've seen a recent ban on plastic bags in various emirates in the Middle East. Uh, that The first one came uh, Abu Dhabi on the 1st of June, I think it was last um, Dubai year. Dubai was first. Dubai came, uh, uh, Abu Dhabi came a month later. So Dubai was 1st of June and then Abu Dhabi was 1st of July. Now, were you ready for that? Did you know that was coming and, and, and are your bags a, a viable alternative? Well, definitely. Uh, uh, as you might have seen in our profile, we've been quite active on the market. We engage with local authorities, some large companies they have their own CSR foundation and CSR uh, uh, members there that they drive the, uh, the sustainability uh, forum. Uh, so yes, we were aware. We were advocating actually for this uh, in line with what other countries in, 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 uh, around the world do. 
So we were ready. We were ready to support the market and we were ready also to educate and to see where the need was and, and what we could do. I, I have to say quite ahead of times. And one of the greatest things it was that this came into place and that really, really supports everyone here in this economy. I cannot be any more happy than that. I'm personally very excited about this and I'm curious to know what's next. I know they're going to ban styrofoam next. So what's the alternative for that? Well, look, if you talk specifically about styrofoam, I just mentioned the, the little sugarcane container, um, and, and then you can see those items. We have them available. But uh, we also do, we use paper products, for example, and such paper is, is made from a forestry stewardship certified paper. So we only use those type of resources. They have the other great certification. Uh, we started manufacturing the, the bags here in UAE for the simple reason that that will eliminate quite a lot, about 15 to 20% uh, less CO2. We have uh, we shortened the, the production timeline. We also add in-country value, which ICV is a very famous team here. So we, we support local economy by hiring new resources and so on so yeah but to come back to sugar to to styrofoam definitely sugar cane is is the great option the, the greatest option that we can recommend all right and that's at the end of the life cycle it will go back to to be composted and it will become feed for the future mm -hmm. plants and so comes from nature and goes back to nature are plastic bottles also on your agenda as something that you could create a, an alternative well, yes and no. So, I, I mean, over over the past five years, as you can imagine, I'm cons constantly on the road trying to seek new resources, trying to find new options, new solutions to the problem, because uh, that's what we advocate. But um, yes, we did we did the experiment with some uh, cornstarch cornstarch bottles. However, because they are still in the incipient stage, and because of the natural environment climate. Uh, conditions here being very hot and so on, it was not, it didn't really work for us because the, the the heat sensitiveness of the material. Another big project that we're working with one of our clients now, and we will start hopefully in the next 45 days, is a material called RPET. You can you might have seen the new Avian bottles that they are made from 100% recycled bottles. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm Romanian, so in what in Romania we have a big brand of water that their brand tagline is is uh, made from recycled recycle materials. So on these lines, we're doing for one of our clients, I will not uh, name it now, but uh, uh, it will come out shortly when we start. Uh, so 100% re recycled bottles and we use aluminum caps. So obviously everything is, is recycled and then at the end of the life cycle, we'll go back to to the, the cycle again and so on and so forth. So, so by doing so, we, 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 we think that we can contribute immensely. As soon as you announce that client, you must tell us because we want to hear about it. We want to be the Surely. first to hear. So Peter, you're our startup success. And I'm curious to know, what was the trickiest time for you during, let's say, for the past five years? Well, look, um, I, I used to help quite senior leadership roles in, in various organizations in hospitality here in town. And then I think the first, the first challenge was how you become self-disciplined, how you, I mean, yeah, how you set your own objectives and realistic objectives. And then, um, so that was one of the first challenges, what self drives you again so not being able to report to somebody so you have to and then how big you make the team and who you associate with and then i, I guess i heard in the previous panel what you need to outsource what you need to 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 yourself so yes there were lots of learnings in the in the first two years i think one of the biggest challenges as a startup we had obviously with finances to convince people that this is good 
that this is for the best of planet and is a su- is a successful uh, business model that it will work definitely but you just need to give it time and credit to that uh, uh, about two years ago we started talking to to Ministry of Finance, to uh, a couple of other regulators here, and, and we got part of this uh, Mohammed bin Rashid Sustainable Innovation Funding. And that was our certification to say, yes, we are expansion ready. Yes, we are. We are. Uh, we got the we got the, the proof that we are now we are now quite a, uh, on the success on the right path and so on, because you never know how the business goes. But, uh, yeah, those are some of the challenges. Choose the right people, uh, how big you are large, when to do your own, when to let the pros do it. Choose the right system to do yours. I mean, you know, you, you try to, to pick a little bit of uh, what is best. Logistics, we outsource logistics. We didn't get our flotilla of drivers and, and storage because all these goods are delicated. They need proper storage and transportation. So, uh, yes, we pay a little bit more, but then we choose a partner which uh, also has sustainability at their core. So they use a economic, uh, uh, economical trucks. They have a gray water usage. They use solar energy and so on and so forth. So we try to associate with those type of businesses that they have the same mindset. Okay? It's brilliant to hear about how everyone is sort of plugged in once you get into the sustainability market there's this lovely sort of circular economy already going on where you know locally minded same minded companies get together in the UAE it's been a great pleasure to speak to you thank you so much you for, for your time uh, Peter Avram there the CEO and founder of Avani Middle East they promote eco-friendly packaging uh, and he, uh, Peter was our success story this week thank you very much indeed thank you for having me you're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Okay, welcome back to Starting Up on the Agenda. You are listening to Dubai Eye 103.8. And this is actually our first episode of Starting Up for 2023. I've got Denisa Alex in the studio with me. Of course, Denisa is the marketing manager for VirtuZone. Lovely to have you with us. Thank you very much indeed. Happy to be back. Also, fantastic to hear that uh, people. Peter uh, Avram, purely coincidentally, he was from the company Avani Middle East. Shireen's got in touch asking what the name of the company was. It's Peter Avram from Avani Middle East. He actually had, uh, he started his first company with VirtuZone. Yes, he did. Pure coincidence there, (laughs) but awesome to know uh, that that's the case. Now, lots of messages coming in because it is time for our company clinic. We're going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, But several people have got marketing themed questions for you. Uh, Let's see, Ahmed has got in touch because he wants to promote his food company online. So he's asked, what does a digital marketing strategy look like? So when we're thinking digital marketing, a lot of people think maybe Google Ads, but social media is part of that digital marketing. So when you do anything on a digital space, you're thinking content and you're thinking audience. And I have a very simple way of looking at it. Social media is when you want to be distracted and entertained. And Google is when you want answers. So when you're curating this content for TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you want to entertain people or you want to give them something of value because they're scrolling to get away from whatever they're doing. But the moment people get on Google, they want answers. Where is the best restaurant? What is the recipe for this? What kind of food is healthy? So you have to kind of get in that mentality of your consumer. The most important thing is understanding your audience. And if I were a potential client for this business, what kind of content would I look for? 
or what would I search for on Google in order to find this business? So Google, I can imagine it's fairly simple. You think of the keywords and the key, you know, what people are most likely to ask, the questions. But then once you get to the trying to be mm-hmm. entertaining on, on the social media sites, that's a whole lot harder, isn't it? It's, it's a bit different. It's very competitive and it's becoming more competitive. And I'm actually happy to see that move because this is giving chance to, let's say, younger millennials and Gen Z who are such experts at the entertaining part of it. And it's just kind of seeing them as the mentors and the advisors, even to bigger companies. I'm seeing the social media uh, groups and of bigger companies always being like young people that are fun. And I like that because, like I said, you go on social to be entertained. So create something that is trending. Always be online and, and understand what people are normally looking for and try to communicate your brand in a way that I wouldn't say it's necessarily funny, but entertaining. Whatever that means to you, it has to be slightly entertaining. I have to say, uh, Denisa, I follow you on both TikTok and Instagram. (laughs) And the whole style of Denisa's posts is different to what you would expect, but they do incredibly well. You get millions of likes, literally millions of likes. Controversy does wonders. If you want to get a lot of views, which I wouldn't always recommend because you have to be very tough, have to be a tough cookie, uh, because there will be negative comments that you'll receive. But controversy usually raises an eyebrow and makes you memorable. That is your little snippet of good (laughs) advice there, Ahmed, and everyone else who's listening. Thank you very much indeed. Denisa, Alex, lovely to have you uh, on the radio. As always, Marketing Manager for Virtue Zone. And that does bring us to a close of starting up uh, for this week. Remember, we are on air every single Tuesday at 11am. If you've missed this episode and you want more juicy titbits like that, make sure you download our podcast. Uh, Just go to Dubaii1038.com and look for Starting Up.